0: Now, before we get started, don't forget to visit optimizeyourself.me podcast so you can subscribe, leave a review, and so you can also download your unique customized podcast playlist, where I'm going to send you the five best expert interviews from our archives to help you achieve your specific goals. So on that note, without further ado, let's get right to today's guest. It is astonishing that less than 5% of adults are moving 30 minutes or more a day. So much so that it has been said sitting is the new smoking. Although it's probably no surprise to you because I have argued for years that it's not so much just sitting that is the problem. It is being sedentary that is the new smoking, whether or not you are sitting or standing. Clearly, working from home amidst a global pandemic probably hasn't made this any less true for you or anyone else. Being sedentary is one of the root causes of chronic aches and pains. And if you were listening to this while sitting, you too have likely experienced a sore back or at the very minimum, a stiff neck from too much computer time, or maybe you have tight shoulders or maybe you have tension headaches. At some point, you probably have resigned yourself to just quote unquote dealing with it because you don't have the time or the money for long workout routines or expensive equipment. This is just the price of getting old, right? Well, it doesn't have to be. Today's guest is Dr. Sadie Sanders, a doctor of chiropractic and a biomechanical guru. And she has a wealth of simple solutions for your chronic pains, best of all, that do not require a visit to a doctor's office. Dr. Sanders has been called by many, including myself, the body whisperer, because she has a knack for knowing just exactly what your body needs to bring it back into balance because she focuses on root causes, not just treating symptoms. In today's two-part in-depth conversation, and when I say in-depth, we are going deep. She and I talk about her extensive knowledge of biomechanics, as well as physiology, and how everything's all interconnected. But more importantly, we also dive into how you can eliminate your chronic pains right at your desk or in your living room using really simple stretches and exercises from something that she and I built called the Move Yourself Activity Video Vault, So if you are here today because you are ready to eliminate your aches and pains and you're looking for simple solutions that you can do in just a few minutes a day, right at your desk, this episode is for you. Now, as a very quick disclaimer, this episode is pulled from two in-depth interviews from back in the Fitness and Post archives that we have now stitched into a single marathon episode. And also, since we recorded this, Dr. Sanders has since moved out of the Los Angeles area. However, her health and human performance clinic is still thriving right in Woodland Hills, and has a new head doctor, Dr. Kobe, who is my go-to for all of my biomechanical needs, who is also featured in the Move Yourself Activity Video Vault. And yes, this clinic is still open and fully functional during the pandemic. All right, without further ado, my conversation with chiropractor, Dr. Sadie Sanders. (laughs) I'm here today with Dr. Sadie Sanders, a doctor of chiropractic. And I must say that she is the S to my M. She is somebody that I found fairly recently that has been helping me with a lot of major, major issues that I have with my alignment and uh, all kinds of areas. And uh, I'm very, very excited to have you on the show today.
1: Well, thank you. I'm excited to be a part of this program that you've explained to me. You have some really great work that you're doing here, and it's an honor to be involved. So thank you for having me me.
0: Yes. And thank you. And this is the reward that you get for all of the tremendous punishment that you've given me over the last two months.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm guilty of that. I, I know. <laughs> yes, you, you
0: absolutely are. And I I will walk into to the office every time I go. I'm like, oh, my God. 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 And then I get out and like, oh, I feel so much better. But it's uh, it, it can be a fun journey. <laughs> So what I want to do for my audience today is I want to really help them understand the nitty gritty behind what you actually do, because as I'm sure, you know, very, very well, there are a lot of people that really don't understand the service that a chiropractor performs. And even further, they're thinking, and I've literally heard people say, oh, all they do is just crack your back and you walk out and then they just expect you to go in and they do it every week and they're not actually making any difference whatsoever. And I, I was never in that camp, but I was always a little skeptical of what the service actually provided. And then it got to the point where I was like, all right, well, I don't care if they're quack or not. Like this hurts. I can barely move. I need somebody to fix this. And I realized that there is a tremendous amount of science and art as well to what you do. So let's just go ahead and start from square one and just explain to people the basics of what a chiropractor does and your specific background.
1: Okay. So chiropractors, we all have one common goal in mind, and that is to make the spine move correctly. We have so many different types of chiropractors in the professions. Some will specialize in nutrition, some in pediatrics, some in functional medicine. Uh, we work with a lot of athletes sports therapy, rehab in my office. So there's this huge umbrella term, but when it comes down to it, every single chiropractor is looking for joints in the spine that don't move through a full range of motion, and then we're moving them through a full range of motion. The thing that we really focus on are your biomechanics, which means how's your body moving? Are you using too much tension from one muscle? Are you moving one joint too much? And then really we're about balancing out the body, making sure that you're even right to left front to back and nothing is really asymmetrical so if if you were a new patient that walked into my office we would check your posture we would see if maybe one side is pulling if maybe you're rotating in one direction Uh, we check every single joint in the spine which ones are moving too much which ones are not moving enough and then we correct that and teach you how to correct it yourself and that's really the big part is self-care so you could come to me every single week and get adjusted and by the time that the next week rolled around you could have done enough damage and stress to your body that you need an adjustment again or you could take initiative and work on some self-care and you really wouldn't have to see me all that often that's the nitty-gritty of it
0: so then the next question I have is a, a layperson that really has no understanding of what a chiropractor does and has never really been in there what is actually happening when I hear the pop like I can just crack my knuckles by myself. Why do I need somebody to crack my knuckles and crack my back and crack my hips? Like whatever, like seriously, you go to school just to crack somebody's back. Like what is it that's actually happening? So people understand there's more to it than, oh, I crack my knuckles and they're better.
1: Okay, so that's a two-part question. So the first is, what is that sound? And the second is, why can't I do it myself? So the, what is that sound is pretty easily answered. When you move a joint through a full range of motion, if it hasn't moved that way in a while, there's a little bit of a gas buildup. You get the pop noise, that's the noise. Not really anything fancy about that. Um, sometimes we even get a really good adjustment without the pop noise, but it's more common that you have it. Um, the second part of that question is why can't I just do it myself? Um, well, I went to school for a very long time to make sure that I knew when I should adjust somebody and when I should not adjust somebody. So that's part of that. Um, and the other is specificity. So if I were to try to crack my own neck, um, I'm not gonna be able to hold my fingers in the right direction to make sure that I am not rotating one segment that's too mobile and just trying to get on the one that's tight. I mean, it's just not possible. You can't, you can't be that specific with yourself. So when somebody tends to want to crack their own neck or their own back, um, they're actually cracking the area that's moving too much. Not the one that's too tight that you're sensing all the time. And that's why if you're a chronic cracker, you feel the need to do it every hour or two because you didn't get to the actual tight spot. You got to the loose one right next to it. So, does that pretty much sum up that question for you?
0: Yes, and I just want to clarify you just called me a cracker, correct?
1: I did. <laughs> yeah.
0: I just just want to make sure we have that uh, we I have that recorded.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah,
0: so I'm, I'm a chronic cracker, there's no question. I've I've been to the south. I've been called a cracker many times. So, um so yes, yeah, so yeah, that 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 definitely answers the question where people will think that you no know, there's the the opposite is oh well, when I crack my knuckles that means there's something wrong or I'm hurting myself in some way. You know, and it is literally just gas buildup in the
1: Yeah, it's gas buildup. And and I also get asked a lot, you know, this pops when I move. Is that a bad thing? The only time a pop is bad is if you are forcing it. So when you go to crack your back, maybe you're grabbing the back of your chair and yanking yourself through. That's just not safe. Or if a pop is painful. You can get little pops here and there with no pain. And those aren't really anything that I worry about with my patients.
0: So the real reason that I wanted people to listen to this show, it's it's great to get a a little bit of a background on what a chiropractor actually does and the service they provide. But I think... The really important reason that I want you on the show today is to explain to people what is happening to their bodies over time as they chronically are working in front of computers. Because I'm assuming that the majority of the customers that you have are coming in and they have similar issues because they're sedentary, whether it's sitting, which I'm guessing is the majority of people, or people like me that are sedentary, but standing and coming in with a lot of the same chronic issues. So can you just talk about some of the negative adaptations that are happening in the body from a biomechanics perspective and just explaining, here's here's what's happening to your body when you're doing all this all day long, and then we'll start to go on ways that we can start to reverse
1: it. Okay. So let's talk first about structure and the spinal structure. So we have these 24 bones that start at the very top of our neck and go all the way down to our tailbone. And each one is supposed to have a small amount of movement that globally makes it possible for you to maybe touch your toes or turn your head to back out of the driveway. And the, the way that we keep every single one of those bones healthy is to make sure it's moving the correct amount. Now, if one area gets tight, your body actually adapts and it assumes that it doesn't need to move anymore. Our bodies are very, very efficient machines. And anytime that we aren't using something in it, it says, "Hmm, I'm not really needing this anymore. And it kind of walls it off a little bit. So if I'm somebody who is sitting all day long with my chin poked out and my neck is very tight my body is going to start to build some scar tissue in that area. And when I do try to start moving around again, I just don't have the range of motion that I should. A couple different things happen in this scenario. It's going to find the motion somewhere else. And that's where disc injuries come from. So if my ligaments are very tight surrounding part of the neck, and the ligaments are the parts of the, the body that attach bone to bone, If they're very tight because they have scar tissue growing around them, I haven't been moving them often enough, then I still have to turn around when I'm trying to back my car out and I'm going to wear away at another area of the spine, which is the disc, the bones that the cushion that lives between the bones. And that's where we get degeneration, degenerative disc disease. We get arthritis from wearing that area out. And that can in time become painful from growing bone spurs or maybe causing some pressure on the nerves. That's the structural problems that we have. Now, there's a huge physiological aspect of movement as well. There's been so much research on the stimulation of the mechanoreceptors, so the movement receptors of the spine and how that affects All of our different life processes, including train of thought, mental clarity, immunity, digestion, pretty much every physical process you can think of. So a person who is sedentary is not stimulating the the motion receptors of the spine, which is not stimulating actually technically the vermis of the cerebellum in the brain, if we're going to get super scientific here. And that changes your mood. It changes your hormone production. It changes your sleep-wake cycles, and essentially you're causing damage to your body by not stimulating those functions. So it's twofold. You get some structural issues that can be permanent and then you get some physiological changes that over time can cause chronic issues like heart disease if your blood pressure is not stimulated correctly, some cholesterol buildup if your hormones aren't being made the right way. I mean, it it really takes a huge toll on our bodies.
0: So then... There's more to it than just cracking my back. Interesting. Well, great. This is where I want to go. Everybody that listens to the show knows that I love to geek out on the science. So if if you want to start digging in and using big words like cerebellum, like let's do it. That That is totally what I'm all about is I really want a place where people can dig into something they wouldn't otherwise dig into, but find a very practical application with how it affects their lives. So let's say that I am your... I don't know for sure if this is your usual client, but let's just assume that your usual client is somebody that is sitting and they have improper posture. And in my industry, let's say they're doing it for 10 to 12 hours a day, because I think it's hilarious when I see all of these sitting is the new smoking articles. And they're saying sitting six to eight hours a day. And I'm like, that's a half day for our industry. Like, seriously, <laughs> eight hours? Like, when I leave after eight hours, I feel guilty. So when you see people that are sitting literally all day long, where they might get up three times, what's happening? To their body? Like, what specific areas are you seeing that people chronically have the same issue over and over?
1: Okay, so that is my typical patient that I have coming into my office. Um, Anybody that's stressed is somebody that I see. And if we're sitting, it really is, it decays the spine. So the main areas that I see is tightness in the front of the hips, because if I'm sitting all day long, then my knees are tucking at least halfway up to my chest. We will also see tightness in the front of the chest or the pecs, and we'll see tightness in the muscles that live right at the base of your skull called your suboccipitals. Now, when these muscles are all short and tight, it changes the posture of the spine. So now my butt is going to round down if my Um, hips are too tight and that elongates or stretches the muscles that control the posture of my low back, which are called the lumbar paraspinals. Now, most people don't sense that their hips are too tight. Their brain will actually perceive that tension or the elongation along the lumbar paraspinals. And so you sense that you have back discomfort, back tightness when really your back is being stretched too far. And that's why you feel that it's tight. Now, the same kind of a process happens with the pecs and then the upper back, otherwise known as the traps. So if my pecs are tight, it's going to roll my shoulders inwards. It's going to kind of bend my mid back down further than it should. And now the posture muscles, the thoracic paraspinals, the traps that are supposed to hold me upright, they're being overstretched as well. And we feel like we have neck tightness. We feel like we have Burning of the upper back because those muscles are being overstretched and they're not getting enough blood flow. Those are the main areas that I attack on those first few visits, getting somebody to understand why they need to straighten that up, why they need to open that up, because that will cause excessive movement in all the other areas. And again, we're back to that disc issue that we were talking about earlier. So getting up, getting out of that seated position, stretching those muscles out so that your spine can be balanced again, essentially.
0: Yeah. And as you were going through listing all the specific areas, I just sat on the other end of my microphone saying, yep. 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 <laughs> yep. Yep. Those are my trouble spots. And, y- and, you know, trust me at this point, you now know my body better than I do. And yep. you know, all of the spots where I just come in, and you're like, yep. And you just literally take one little tiny finger and you just press a little bit. And I'm like, ah, that's the spot. It's like, it's, it's, it's crazy the way that that works. Yeah. Um, but, but I think that the, the really important takeaway for me, when I first started doing this and learning about biomechanics, cause I've done a little bit of just like self-research and reading a few books. And I certainly am not certified. And I maybe know a hundredth of what you do. Um, But at the same time, I have a very basic understanding of the theory behind biomechanics. And what is so cool to me about biomechanics was this discovery that if I have a pain in my shoulder, what do I want to do? I want to rub that spot on my shoulder that hurts. But what you're doing is you're treating the symptom, you're not going after the source. And I think that's where going to a chiropractor and working with somebody that has the scientific background to understand biomechanics is going to be so immensely helpful because like one of the cool things that you and I just discovered like a week ago or whenever it was, is I have this chronic spot that's, um, in that spot right at the base of the skull on my right side. And you're like, oh yeah, well that's being caused partly by this muscle that's on your, your lower back, the, the, the maximus or whatever the (laughs) hell you call that. I don't remember. Um, but the, the quad something, but it's like the lower, lower left side of my back. And you're like, yeah, that's why the upper right side of your neck hurts. I'm like, that's crazy. So (laughs) I think it's important for people to understand that when they go to grab their lower back or grab their shoulder or grab their neck that's not actually the problem and just explain to people a little bit just in very very general terms just about the the biomechanic chain and how are there these different major areas of the body that then kind of radiate out to other ones and just explaining like how all of that connects
1: well i'm going to hit on two points then um one thing is a referred pain pattern. And if you do wanna geek it out and Google uh, Travel trigger point patterns, um, this is a scientist that did a lot of research on, hey, why is the muscle tight here? But they're telling me that they have pain here. Um, so there is a very mapped out chart of the the body that says, if you have a knot or a sore spot in this area and I press it and hold it, it's going to cause an achy, dull pain somewhere else. Um, And that's actually the number one cause of tension headaches. So remember those muscles that I talked about on the, the back of the base of the skull, the suboccipitals, if you hold pressure on there and it starts to bring back your familiar you know, 5 p.m. headache kind of creeping along the side of your face, then you have what we call as a a trigger point referral pattern. So you might've been rubbing your temple because it was achy, but that's a projected pain pattern from a very tight muscle. So that's one of the crazy aspects that I get to study and impress people with when I poke on things. Um, but the other is understanding what makes something painful. So Pain is a very tricky thing, and um, it's not always the source, like you're saying. So, you know, it's coming from somewhere else, your shoulder hurts, so you wanna rub that. Well, pain can, can be there when something is being overstretched, when something is being tight, when something is swollen, when something is inflamed. So really what we're looking for when we have somebody come in is, where's the break in the chain? And I'm gonna address that no matter where the person hurts. So if you came in and you poked at your shoulder, I would appease you by poking that spot and saying, oh, okay, right there. And then I'm going to go looking for the source. (laughs) I'm going to go looking for the ones that are commonly tight. So we just look for anything along the chain that's not moving. So I'll use an example of the shoulder that we've hit on a few times. Um, If somebody has a pain in the back of their shoulder, kind of where it meets their armpit, right? That is almost every single time caused by a tightness in the muscle at the front of the armpit. So somebody comes in, they complain about that shoulder. I touch that area, but then I go to the front of the armpit and I loosen it up and almost every single time, Oh, Hey, that feels better in the back of the pit. So we look for the tight spot anywhere along that chain. Does that make sense?
0: Yes. That makes perfect sense. And I, the analogy that I want to give for my audience that I think will help them understand this as well, because I have, Emailed now hundreds and hundreds of people in my industry. Have talked to many of them in person, and almost everybody will say they have the same basic pain points. So it's it's very very common, and I think that the the perfect analogy to use is the majority of people that listen to the show are editors. We are people that take random raw footage and put it together into a story. And then all of a sudden you will get notes from somebody, from a producer, from a director, whomever it might be. And they're like, well, you really need to fix this, this and this. And as an editor, we're like, no, 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 no. That's not the problem. You're just looking at the symptom. I know what the source of the problem is. Mm-hmm. So that's that's an idea that we're very, very accustomed to where I don't want somebody to tell me the solution. Just tell me the source of the problem. So if a scene is really, really slow, they're saying, well, cut this line and this line and this line. It's like, no, 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 no. It's slow because the previous scene is too fast. So for those that are listening that understand that thought that that thought process as an editor, knowing that you don't want somebody to tell you how to fix the problem, just tell me what the problem is and I'll find the source of it. You're doing exactly the same thing where I'm sure you have clients that come in and say, can you just rub out my shoulder? And you're like, it has nothing to do with your shoulder.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah, that happens to us all the time. And, and even to kind of build on that a little bit more is why is the front of the shoulder tight? So even though you're coming in because the back of your shoulder hurts and I secretly know that it's from the front of your shoulder, my job then is to figure out why is the front of your shoulder tight? So the only reason that a person comes in with tightness pain is because of a, a stress And usually in my office, it's a physical stress and a muscle that hasn't been moved in a long time is a great version of that. But it might be a chemical stress. Somebody's eating only junk food. They haven't had a glass of water in six months. Their body is just really dehydrated that can cause a tight front of the shoulder because it's a it's a chemical or stressor. If you got in a fight with a coworker and you just got really riled up about it, that can cause tightness in the front of your shoulder because emotional stress takes a toll on our body as well. So it's two part, you know, I have to figure out What is the actual start of it? And then what made that come into play as well?
0: Yeah, I think that's really, really crucial to understand as well, because people will think, okay, well, I sit all day, so my lower back hurts. Therefore, I need somebody to rub out my lower back, and I need them to crack it, and I'm done. But one of the things that I've learned from my yoga practice over the years, and I did a show recently with Allie Hamilton, who is the owner of Yogis Anonymous. And she's the one that really helped me understand this idea that we hold certain emotions in certain parts of our body. And if somebody's listening to this thing, ah, it's just a bunch of crap, <laughs> go ahead and get mad at somebody and pay attention to your body. You are tense. You are literally holding muscles and you are tense and you're going to hold them in different places. But again, like you were saying, this guy put together the, this trigger point chart. They've actually mapped where there are certain general areas where you hold specific types of emotions and it's in your body. So what I discovered is that there were, because I was just so type A and so into my work and so hard on myself, I was holding a tremendous amount of tension in my lower back. And it was like, what do you mean? I'm holding emotions in my lower back. My lower back just hurts. Just fix it. And that was a huge revelation for me. And and another example would be that if you're somebody that's really closed off and pushes people away and doesn't let people in emotionally, not only are you closed off in a spiritual sense or a mental sense, your body is physically in a position where you are protecting your heart, where you are going to have shortened packs. And you're literally going to have curvature in your shoulders where you are physically, literally, where you can measure the fact that you're protecting your heart muscle that is that correct assessment
1: that is beyond correct and i i was from the same train of thought i am a science girl through and through mumbo jumbo energetic i had nothing no desire to learn anything about it till i was in school and i adjusted a patient and she started sobbing and it was a grief sob. If you've ever heard a grief sob, you don't forget it. It's, it's a very distinct cry. And she had no idea where it came from. And we realized that I had released an area of tightness in her body that she'd been holding that in. And I chalked it up as one weird patient, no big deal. And here I am in my seventh year of practice. And I could map out your body emotionally without ever even having a conversation with you about what's going on. And and that's from clinical experience. So I started doing more research on it and you, you cannot separate the body and the mind at all when it comes to science. There's no way to pull the two of them apart. So maybe you are somebody that prefers to approach your healing from the energetic or the emotional side, or maybe you're somebody that prefers to approach your healing from the physical side. I'm telling you that you're going to get good results either way, so grab one, hold on to it and go.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I've I've actually been through that and it scared the crap out of me and it didn't ha- it didn't happen in a chiropractor's office, it happened in a yoga class. And the story is that I edited all of the promotional material for The Passion of the Christ. So I edited the teaser trailer, the theatrical trailer, basically any single spot that was on TV, DVD, home entertainment, broadcast. I spent over a year spending 12 to 14 hours a day watching The Passion of the Christ. You can imagine that that's going to have a little bit of an impact on somebody. And I remember I was in a yoga class on a Saturday night, and this was right after I had seen it the first time. I actually had to go and there was like this secret meeting in Mel Gibson's boardroom and, you know, there are like six people allowed. And I had no idea, I mean, I knew what the movie was about, that's a stupid thing to say, but I really had no idea what the film was at the time because nobody had, it was like, oh, Mel Gibson made a movie about Christ. Okay, what is this? And it was so emotionally shocking to me that I literally walked out in silence. I'm like, oh my God, what did I just see? And I went to yoga class the next night and I had a really, really tough class. And I remember sitting in Shavasana in corpse pose, just lying there and all Allie did, and this was Allie that actually did this. She may even remember this, even though it was like, God, what, 12, 10, 11, 12 years ago now. And all she did was she lifted my lower back slightly to give me a little bit of curvature in the spine. And I balled my eyes out for 10 <laughs> minutes. I'm like, what <laughs> the hell is wrong with me? And she came over afterwards. She's like, are you okay? What happened? I'm like, I have no idea what that was, Mm -hmm. but I've experienced the grief sob coming from a physical adjustment and it wasn't a major adjustment. It was literally just gently putting her hands on my lower back, lifting my lower back, like three inches, creating a little bit of space and the floodgates just opened.
1: Yeah. We keep tissues in every single one of our treatment rooms at the office and it's not because people get allergies (laughs) it's because we get criers all the time
0: (laughs) yeah and and I think that's that's an amazing insight for people to realize and why I think it's so important to do body work like this and it's also incredibly important to do massage therapy deep tissue therapy trigger point therapy and I want to get into some of that Um, but before we do what are all of my emotional issues maybe because now that you've adjusted me you can tell me what's wrong with me
1: (laughs) Okay, so if we get a little bit into some of the energetic, um, the right side of the body is the masculine side and the left side of the body is the feminine side. Have you heard that concept before? Is that something that's mind-blowing and new to you?
0: No, I've heard it. It's, it's not something that I remember hearing recently, but yeah, it's not a concept that I'm like, oh my God, that's crazy. So no, I've, I've heard something about that.
1: That's been around for uh, who knows how long. So um, you tend to have a right IT band and hip tension, Okay hip is linked to vulnerability or being taken advantage of and masculinity is a um, somebody who is provider is the rock so you feel as though your work is something that leaves you vulnerable and that you spend a lot of time pouring yourself into it and that's from a right hip that's always tight damn
0: <laughs> that's completely inaccurate. None of that is correct. It's complete BS. That doesn't sound like me at all. Not at all. No, nothing. not even remotely. Well, okay. <laughs> so that's kind of creepy and I should not have asked that. But I'm, I'm glad I did because it's actually really interesting that, you know, you've, I've done maybe 10, 15 adjustments now and not even all of them with you. Like you have a, a colleague that works with you as well and you guys just compare notes. But without ever really having a single in-depth conversation, you basically just summed up my life in one sore muscle. <laughs> So I appreciate that. Thanks for that.
1: That's what we do. And you know, we, we use that power and that knowledge when we think a patient needs that nudge. But if, if we don't think that's the right uh, approach to take, then we just let it be. <laughs>
0: to have the right mat underneath you, which is why I continue to share the Topo Mat as my number one product recommendation. To learn more about the Topo Mat and purchase yours, visit optimizeyourself.me topo. That's T-O-P-O. So now I want to go in a little bit different direction. Now that we've uh, psychoanalyzed me and uh, everybody knows my deepest, darkest, emotional secrets and knows that my IT band hurts on top of it. um, (laughs) What I want to understand a little bit is why would I go to you instead of a physical therapist? What's the difference?
1: So there is a huge difference in the way that we are trained. So physical therapists are trained very similar to the medical doctor philosophy, which if we sum it up in one sentence is... What's wrong with you? Let's put a name on it and let's throw a drug at it or a surgery. Um, So we wait until somebody's super sick. We call it something and then we mask the symptoms. Physical therapy is along that same line of, okay, you have pain here. We're going to call it a tendonitis. Tendonitis needs ultrasound, stretching, and then we move on. Chiropractors, and don't get me wrong, there are some wonderful physical therapists out there. I refer to them all the time. And a lot of physical therapists are actually getting their doctorate in physical therapy. So they they are doctors. It's just their thinking is very Western. Now, chiropractors, we are trained to understand that the body is this awesome healing mechanism and it runs perfectly well if you just get out of its way and you stop stressing it out all the time. And the evidence of that is nobody needs a drug to heal a scratch. Um, Nobody needs to have anything in particular to fight off a viral infection. Our body does it itself, but it's a smart body. It knows what it's doing. So when we address a body, we come at it with that philosophy of if I just show you a couple little things to reduce some stress and increase some strength, then it's, it's going to heal itself. Now, the other, if we're getting super technical here, Physical therapists are only allowed to stretch joints. They are not allowed to adjust joints. And we talked earlier about how stimulation of the mechanoreceptors or the movement receptors of the spine is absolutely crucial to brain function, body function. So we're stimulating the spine past a point that a physical therapist is legally allowed to do, and your body will respond to that in a much more powerful way. So a physical therapist when we refer to them at our office it's because somebody needs more intense stretching somebody needs more intense anti-inflammatory issues because they're not responding to self-care they need a little extra nudge but we continue to see them for their adjustments and for their lifestyle habit changing people who tend to seek out chiropractors over physical therapists they understand the value of the adjustment and how it is an overall body process and how uh, it will really help us to follow the chain of the biomechanics that we talked about earlier. For example, a few months back, I had a patient who was training for a really awesome kind of a Spartan style race, which I think uh, you're familiar with those.
0: (laughs) Yes, very. And I was actually going to go there next. So continue. This will be a good segue. All
1: right. So he had um, come in to see me with some pretty sharp knee pain. Now, a physical therapist would most likely look at the knee, do a knee exam. Knee's a little swollen. Here's some anti inflammatory processes, ultrasound, E-STEM, and your calf's a little tight as well. Let's go ahead and stretch that. I checked him out. I realized that the third bone in his foot was not moving. His ankle was not translating anteriorly over his heel. So when he was stepping, he didn't have enough shock absorption in his ankle. And so that shock was going straight up to his knee on top of that his SI joint which is the the base of the spine where the tailbone meets the hips it's a huge powerhouse for running starting and stopping movement Um, moving the big load that our body and our booty is. And his SI joint was also stuck on that same side. So he wasn't able to really get good balance or good start and stop. So again, the force was going straight through his knee. So we evaluate the body on a bigger scale and we can do more when it comes to that adjustment and getting the range of motion back. How's that for answering that question? You
0: must be so much fun at parties. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I was like, my neck hurts. And you're like, well, that's because your big toe is, you haven't, cut your nail recently. It's a
1: good party trick. It you're, really- you're, like,
0: you're like Sherlock.
1: <laughs> I'm glad that you
0: brought up the Spartan thing because I wanted to go into this next because I'm hoping that much of my audience knows that that's kind of my, that's the way that I clean out the cobweb, so to speak, and get rid of all the the stress and the BS of working in this industry is that my hobby, so to speak, is doing Spartan racing. And I had done a Spartan race at the, you know, the, the first week of December last year. And it was at the time I was coming to you and I literally, I I was Frankenstein. Like I couldn't look over in my blind spot of my car. And like, if my daughter needed something in the passenger seat behind me, I literally was like, like I couldn't move my neck. Like I was Frankenstein and my lower back was tight. And like, I would bend over and try and touch my toes and I can do it because I'm flexible, but there was all this tightness. And I remember thinking, I'm not even sure that I should be running a Spartan race because I might hurt myself further. Like there's clearly an injury here, and I'm just gonna injure it further. And this is stupid. But that's what I do is I run Spartan races when I probably shouldn't be running them. And I went and I did it. And I remember being at the Spart- the starting line and you know, just getting kind of amped up and thinking, I don't know if I should be doing this. I don't know if I should be doing this. And they said, Guess what? So this three mile race that you're running, we lied. It's five and a half. Good luck. And then everybody started running. But I swear to God, I didn't feel one thing. I had no pain. I was crawling under things, jumping over things, climbing ropes, scaling 10-foot walls, jumping right off those walls onto hard ground. I never felt anything. I felt mobile. I felt flexible. And all of a sudden, I was done. I'm like, what the hell? Like, I just busted my ass for five and a half miles, climbed over 2,000 feet of elevation gain cumulatively. It was a two-hour race just to go five miles, and I felt fantastic. And I came in the next day or the day after and I said, what is going on? I don't understand because I could barely walk and I was Frankenstein. How did I run a five and a half mile race? And the reason I bring this up is people think they can't do something like go run a 5K or start an exercise program because they just hurt everywhere. And I want them to understand that it's Actually, going to help those issues.
1: So I do remember that, and we uh, we laughed at how you are just the most abnormal person, and then I explained to you the geeky science as to actually why you're the norm. So the the way that our bodies work, we talked about the mechanoreceptors in the spine a little bit. Now the mechanoreceptors. They are the ones that sent the movement. Now, there's also nociceptors. Now, nociceptors, they, under, they, they perceive the noxious stimuli, the annoying stimuli, the irritants, things like that. Now, the mechanoreceptors, they're the big bullies, and they tell those nociceptors when to bug off. So that's the same concept as when you were little and you would fall and you would skin your knee and your mom would rub it or she would kiss it because then your body would sense the movement, the touch and the pain would actually go away. Um, or now when we're older and we slam our hand into the drawer and the first thing we do after swearing is we shake our hand, we move our fingers instinctively because as soon as the, our body senses that movement, it shuts the pain receptors off. So by going out and being totally nuts and moving probably every single muscle in your body and moving your spine and your joints through its full range of motion, you got a huge surge of mechanoreception or movement reception. And those nociceptors, those noxious stimuli or pain receptors, they were told by your body, go bug off. We're busy here. We are sensing the movement. We don't need to feel this pain anymore. And in doing so, you you kind of not only reset that that nervous system, but you reset your brain chemistry a little bit because now your body hasn't been bombarded with tons of uh, nociception for however many hours it took you to complete that, and your body's actually able to to heal during that time. Um, because our bodies crave that movement and now on the other hand you blew off some pretty good steam because that's something that we love to do we get crazy our adrenalines pumping and again that serves as kind of a numbing agent so that your body can shut off that nociception a little bit and you were able to break that vicious pain cycle of I'm hurting I don't want to move I'm hurting I don't want to move and instead your body says i'm moving and I don't want to hurt
0: yeah and I think that the again like I said before the reason I want to bring this up is it doesn't mean that if your lower back is hurt and you you threw your back out, you should run a Spartan race tomorrow. The reason I'm bringing it up and I, you, I, I would like you to speak to, I'm sure you've seen this happen to more than just me. I'm sure I'm not the anomaly, but where so, somebody will say, Oh, my back just hurts all the time or this hurts or that hurts. And then all of a sudden they kind of push themselves just to do an exercise routine or do whatever. And they're like, I don't get it. I feel so much better. So is, is that basically the same thing that's happening?
1: It is exactly the same thing that's happening. You just have to make sure that you're finding the right exercise um and that's what you know our program and what we would help you with as well.
0: Yeah. And I think that's what I really want people to recognize is that even though you think that there's an obstacle in your way, sometimes that obstacle is really more of an excuse than it is an obstacle. (laughs) So if you're thinking, well, I can't exercise because my back hurts all the time. Well, maybe your back isn't going to hurt if you exercise.
1: It's getting over a small obstacle. So either if you, if you continue to sit and you're sedentary, your back most definitely will continue to always hurt. That's it's decaying. It's getting degeneration. That is what's going to happen. Now, when you start up and get moving, there'll be a short period of time where you're sore and achy. But once the stress is decreased because your muscles are getting stretched out and once the strength is increased because your muscles are growing in the correct areas, then you're over that pain hump. So it's an obstacle that's much shorter to hurdle than just sitting all the time.
0: Exactly, and that's really, this is now getting to the the real reason that I wanted to have you on this show is that you are now going to be partnering with me and providing a whole bunch of content in the course that I've created. And now um, by the time of releasing this show, I'm actually bringing on my first beta members to this course. And you talked a little bit about the self-healing process. And that's really what I want people to understand is that this is within their control and they can do something about this. They just need the roadmap for it because mm-hmm. if you're thinking, well, if I go to the chiropractor and they crack my neck and I feel better, I'm just now stuck going to the chiropractor every week for the rest of my life. And it's actually the exact opposite where you're trying to show people, no, 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 What I'm doing is I'm alleviating the situation first, and now I'm gonna show you all the spots that you need to hit so you can not have to deal with this chronically. So let's talk about the self-care aspect of this and how that process actually works and how it is very doable and actually is essential to what you do for a living.
1: So even before you and I uh, met each other, I knew that people don't have time to just sit down and do hours and hours of stretching. Um, So I designed my, my treatment programs to involve two to five minutes of work per day that makes an effect on a person's body. The way that we start is, well, let me back up just a little bit. Anytime that somebody has more stress in their life than they have strength, that's when you run into problems. That's when we get sick. That's when we have pain. That's when the spine gets stuck. So what we start doing is we start peeling away some of the stress And we start building up some of the strength. So if you never do any of the homework that I've assigned you, which I strongly discourage, (laughs) you will be somebody that comes in all the time because you're not changing your stress. You're not changing your strength. If you do the homework that we, we give, then you're decreasing your stress, you're in, increasing your strength, and that means that you need less from me, you understand your own body, you are able to do what is right for yourself because you, you can tell, you can feel it, and you know. So we first start by peeling away layers of tightness, muscle knots that have been stuck for a long time depending on whatever condition they have, and, and we generally start with that posture that we talked about, the short, tight hips. The short pecs. Now, the next step after you've loosened up is to strengthen the muscles that prevent you from curling back up into a ball again because you're still going to sit for your 14 hour day. I know that. You know that. That's not going to change. But if I can increase the strength of your core, your upper back, your glutes, then after you sit for 14 hours, yeah, your stress was high, but guess what? Your strength was higher, and now there's no damage that you've done to your body. It's just taking the two to five minutes to stretch out the hips, strengthen up the, the core the glutes to make that possible. So self-care is the why are you having too much stress and having not enough strength. That's the real cause of the stuck spine that's causing the degeneration, that's causing the physiological changes. So we have to keep kind of backing it up and figuring out what do we do? You're only with me in my office for a short period of time, but you're with yourself for 24 hours a day. <laughs> what can I do to teach you to take care of yourself in that additional time?
0: Yeah. And I think it's so easy for people to just jump into the into skeptical mode and put on their cynicism hat and say, well if she fixed me, then I would never have to go. And, you know, then she wouldn't be making money off of me. And I know people that say stuff like that. And I'm like, oh yeah, and I'm sure that you hear it all the time too. It's like, well, why would she want to fix me? Then she can't make money. It's like, because these are good people. That's the, she chose a profession that helps people better their lives. But there are so many people that can't wrap their heads around that. But that I, that I, I digress like that, that's getting on a soapbox, but that just drives me crazy. Yeah. And
1: you know, what? if I didn't teach you these stretches and these, these different strengthening issues, then I would just, tell people that they do have to see me forever. And that's, that's actually not the case. So um, anytime that you have more space, Your stress and strength, that's when you need me. But if you can do your part on that, you'll need me a heck of a lot less. (laughs) Yeah,
0: and I I think that once people realize that, oh, wait, I only have to do two to five minutes a day and you can actually show me what I need to do, well, that's doable. Because if you tell somebody, listen, you're gonna have to run five miles a day and you're gonna have to change your diet and you're gonna have to get an extra three hours of sleep and then you're gonna be healthy, people say, well, screw that. I'm not doing any of it. I'm gonna work my 14 hours and I'm gonna sit and I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna drink a beer and watch Netflix because that's what I do. And what I'm trying to show people is there's a much, much easier way to get through the day, to have more creative focus, to have more energy and to fix these issues while still working a 14 hour day. Like as of right now, we're actually recording this in the evening. It's about 7 p.m. I've been working since 6 a.m. this morning. I have 17,000 steps right now. (laughs) That's just because I find ways to move all day long. I set specific rules and triggers to make sure that without even thinking about it, just habitually, I've become an automated robot where at the end of the day, if you said, what'd you do today? It's would oh, I don't know. I didn't do much of anything. Well, then how did you get 20,000 steps? Like, cause, cause I developed those routines and what you've helped me do is realize, all right, well, if my lower back hurts, I need to stop rubbing out my lower back and I need to stick a lacrosse ball here and I need to put the foam roller here. And that's something that you and I working on together that will be available in this course. And again, hint, shameless plug, I'm looking for beta members that wanna work on this with me. But the idea is that we will say, hey, here's an area where I think that you know I'm I'm chronically sore. And granted, at the end of the day, full disclaimer, you should have a professional check it out. Don't just think that a video course is gonna show you everything that you need to know, but it's very approachable that once you understand some of the basic biomechanics of what's going on with your body, there is an entire program, protocol of self-care that you can do literally from your phone, from your office during the day. So if you've just been saying, oh, I sit all day long, I'm so exhausted, my lower back hurts, but this is just the way that it is in this industry. There's nothing that I can do. It's complete BS because it's completely within your control to fix it. And what we are doing is providing the roadmap and the tools and the knowledge to be able to get over that hump and move forward.
1: Absolutely. And I've been doing that in my office for a long time. And now it's great to have the access to be able to share that with more people.
0: And I'm sure that it just drives you nuts where you, like you had said, you have people that come in week after week after week. Oh, did you do the stretches? No. Did you do the stretches? No. And you're like, <gasps> really?
1: Yeah, yeah, I guess they just want to see my beautiful
0: face is what it comes down to. I mean, sure, there's that. (laughs) But I I know that for me, I will actually walk in and I'm like, no, I didn't do the stretches yesterday. Like, I I actually feel bad about it because it's actually something that I'm really, really intent on doing. But there are just days when stuff comes up and you just don't get to it. But the Mm -hmm. days that I will literally, like you said, two to five minutes, once or twice a day, and I will just do it. And all of a sudden, I'm like, wait a second it's 10 o'clock at night and I don't hurt at all at this place where I just expect to be in pain right now.
1: Exactly. So
0: it's it's not this overwhelming amount of work that needs to be done or these crazy pretzel stretches. You just, all you need to do is learn what are the few tools that I need in my office that are very inexpensive that you can put under a coffee table, under a desk. It's not like I'm asking people to go get a Bowflex and throw it in their office because um, a Bowflex is a piece of crap anyway, but you get my point. But the idea is that you the routines are there. And l- like I said, when some people will say, yes, I'm gonna do it, and then they don't, what do they often say? Like, you know, if you're like, well, okay, well, I, I'm gonna do these stretches, but how can I actually do that? What would you usually tell somebody?
1: Um, I, I First, I demonstrate it for them. I let them know what's going on. Um, and I have them tie it with something they're already doing throughout their day. If I'm having somebody work on balance training, they're, they're doing it while they're brushing their teeth. If somebody has an exercise that they do two times, you do it while you're changing your clothes. Um, it's something that you, if you aren't able to do it, then it's because you're not choosing to do it. Um, we simplify it as much as we can so that I assume that everybody's as busy as I am. You know, we've both been working for 12 hours at this point, and I've gotten my exercises in today. And so I assume that you can as well.
0: Well, and I'm sure that you've also heard this one where somebody will say, yeah, I set an alarm on my phone. But then I
1: snoozed it. (laughs) But then I just snoozed it. I just
0: ignored it, and that that's a very very common thing. And I went through that phase a few years ago as well, where I would actually say, "Yes, this is a priority for me. I need to do my stretch, or I need to do whatever X Y and Z activity is." But you set your phone, and the alarm goes off, and ah, I'm just I'm in the zone. Go away, go away. I'm going to do it later, and then you forget to do it, and then at the end of the day, you're like, ah, I forgot to do that thing. Oh well and then you're done. And part of what this course teaches and the actual foundation of the course is not, here's how to use a lacrosse ball to roll out your whatever. It's here's how to build the foundational habits. So you don't even have to think about or need the phone alarm. It's just something that comes to you habitually where you will walk away from your desk and do it without even thinking about it. So that's, that's a huge barrier that I hear from a lot of people as well. I, I downloaded the seven minute activity app and I use it for a day or two, but then I just forgot about It or then the alerts would come up, and then I would just stop using it. And that's not a problem with the app, that's a problem with psychology. And it's not even motivation because everybody's motivated to a certain level to want to, you know, do something better for themselves. And there are some people that aren't, but for the most part, people have the motivation. But it's not about motivation and it's not about willpower,
1: it's about habits, it's about patterns. I agree, it's about
0: habits and it's about patterns because I mean, I've read different accounts, and maybe this is something you can speak to as well, but I've, I've read up to the point where they've charted that almost 95% of daily human behavior is habitual and only 5% actually requires conscious thought. <laughs> and whether or not that's completely accurate, I don't know, but just the, the mere concept of that is scary. But if you can learn how to master your habits and learn how to master behaviors where you don't need to direct energy towards them, that's where the real power starts to come in.
1: Yeah, and then where where we come in is okay. You have that habit, you have that pattern. What do I do with these two to five minutes that I've set set aside to get the most bang for my buck?
0: We have actually built together an entire. Online version of your rehab program, from what I understand, correct?
1: Yes, sir. It's it's fairly comprehensive for what my patients that walk through my door get directly from me.
0: Mm-hmm. And basically the way that you and I have kind of coined it is it's basically having a chiropractor on demand. And I know that we probably need like <laughs> one of those 14-minute Saturday night live disclaimers to roll through <laughs> here right now. So, you know, keep that in mind when you're listening, where it's not going to replace the care of a licensed physician, but it's at the same time, when I had approached you, um, and first the, for a little bit of background for our relationship, you are right down the street from me. I can actually walk to your clinic. I had no (laughs) idea who you were and I was a complete and total idiot. And I was doing one of our afternoon exercise breaks when I was still working on empire and everybody was holding plank for a minute. And I'm like, ah, I can hold plank for a minute. So I'm, I'm going to do something different and I'm going to hold a tripod headstand for a minute on my head. And It didn't hurt at all. And then the next morning I'm like, why does it, my neck move? And I had a problem and I had no mobility to one direction and I couldn't look over my right shoulder. And I just, it was as simple as, all right, chiropractor Woodland Hills, your name came up. I went to go see you. And I had been to chiropractors before and it's just kind of what you would picture. You go in and you kind of run through the assembly line of machines and somebody says where you hurt and they crick, crick, crack and you're out and then you repeat the cycle every two weeks for the rest of your life. <laughs> and the situation with you was very, very different. And I didn't realize this at the time, but you just have such an extensive background on how the body works, but you're also very intuitive with individuals. And I actually came to find out that I don't know if you coined it or somebody else did, but you're actually called the body whisperer. (laughs) and to me that sounds so gimmicky and ridiculous but oh my god it's so true because it was a completely different experience for me and I still went through complete hell for like six months trying to do all these adjustments and just all these little exercises and it's not like all of a sudden you touched me with the Vulcan grip and I was saved (laughs) but I really saw that you had a very different approach to the way that you put your treatment together and I came to you and I was like hey I've got this idea that I wanted to do for a long time and I've never found the right person. And I think that you and I should chat. And I said, I want to build a library. And you said,
1: I'm on board. Let's do it. (laughs) Well, not only that,
0: but the cool thing was you're like, well, I've wanted to build a library for my patients forever, but I don't know how to like make videos and edit them and put them on a website. And I was like, oh, well, I know somebody that can do that part, but I don't know anything about the body from like at the level that you do. I know a little bit about biomechanics, but not enough that I'm going to sell it. So I said, I have all these talents. You have all these talents, expertise and education. Let's package those together, and thus, the Move Yourself Activity Video Vault was born. So we've spent a lot of time together over the last six months, and I want to explain to people how this library works from the ground up, how you thought of it, and how somebody can actually get tremendous benefit from using this library. That's optimizeyourself.me slash QOR360.
1: So, the way the library works is it's based off of the generals that I see in my office. And what I mean is, this isn't, like you had said earlier, a patient specific, case specific. 100% to a T medical evaluation. But if I took the vast majority of people who walk through my office, these are going to be the most common conditions that I evaluate, that I discuss with my patients, that I break down, make sure they understand. And then we work together to correct these conditions. Obviously, the library is lacking the chiropractic adjustment, but it has all the other good stuff, right? It has all the mobility exercises, all the stability exercises. And when you, you log into this library, it has a a massive platform. So we've created a, a funnel so that you can take this information and answer some questions about yourself mentally and work your way through this funnel to find the solution that fits best for your condition. So very first thing is my lovely self explaining what is chiropractic because it's amazing to me that so many people still don't understand this this awesome holistic approach to healthcare Reducing stress in the body, giving it what it needs by manipulating or adjusting the spinal column, taking some stress off the nervous system and letting it heal itself. And I explain the the biomechanics of it, what the adjustment is, why the principles fall into place in our common life, and you just kind of have a base knowledge of where to go from there. After that, I break down the three most common types of pain that I see in my office. So we have acute and chronic pain, which means, ouch, something hurts or, whoa, this is always sore. We have numbness and tingling. So something just doesn't feel right. We don't have full sensation there. And then we have the category of radiating pain. So somebody who has this library says, hmm, I sound like one of these three categories. Then I go into explaining where acute and chronic pain comes from, the principles of posture and how not carrying your body correctly can cause damage to certain joints. I actually explain what pain is and how pain works in the body and give you a general idea of how did I get here? You know, how did I get in this place where I'm really not feeling great every single day? I do the same concept for numbness and tingling. When is numbness and tingling a very serious problem? When is it something that we can probably manage on our own? And same with radiating pain. When is the radiating pain a situation where you need to go find a doctor, get checked out? And when is it something where we kind of have some budge room, we can work on it, try to get it to resolve a little bit? After you've decided which of those three categories, there's even more of a division and it breaks down the specific condition or specific body area. So if we use the example of numbness and tingling, say somebody has numbness and tingling down one side of their leg and it goes above their knee. Well, that sounds like me. You would click on that category, and there's my lovely face again explaining how that probably happened, what's going on in the body to make that there. And again, it's not specific for every single person that ever clicks on that one specific link but again it's the generals and then the most exciting part the thing that we really really put so much time and effort into is a real-time video library where someone is going through specific exercises to start correcting that condition right now in this moment when you're looking at that video doing it with me, having, having myself or one of my experts explaining how to do the exercise, what it should feel like, what it should look like. So that once you're done with that segment, you are a little bit closer to being a healthier person. You've made a good decision that your body has gotten some more mobility. You've gotten a little bit stronger just from going along with that video. So that's the main meat and potatoes of what we've done there and i've gotten great feedback about it it's it's just been such a successful venture so far.
0: Well, no, unfortunately, the best part of the entire video library is a part that nobody's ever going to see, oh, which no, is you didn't. which is which is you <laughs> trying to say. And I've designed a series of exercises that go into a routine of a series. It was, it was quite possibly one of the the most exciting moments of my life ever trying to record the series of videos. Um, it was amazing. But anyway, I, I, I digress. Um, but but. What Whoa. I what I really want to impress upon people when I say to them, we have this activity video of all what people I say to me is, oh, yeah, no, I've, I've got like a seven minute workout app. And it, like I'll be at my desk and I'll do jumping jacks or push ups or 30 second plank or whatever it is. And yeah, no, I've got something like that. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. <laughs> this is the quickest, fastest version that you're ever going to get of your own personal chiropractic degree in 15 minutes. And it's gonna tell like it takes 10 years of expertise, boils it down to 10 minutes and tells you exactly what button to push. So if there's anywhere in your body, literally from the top of your head to the tips of your toes, where you point and say, ouch, You will walk them through this funnel of specificity in less than 15 minutes, and they're going to know exactly what
1: they need to do. And it works like magic. Yeah, it's pretty incredible the way that it's just, it's very specific. And I personally assume that every single person that logs onto this library is just as busy as I am. So I don't really have 30 to 40 minutes in my day to do a regular stretching routine, a regular rehab routine. I'm the type of person that I've got about five to seven minutes and that's pushing it. So if I'm going to take those five to seven minutes, I'm going to make sure that they are the most specific movements that I can do to get the most bang for my buck in terms of time there. So I designed this whole library with that in mind. So if you're somebody that has a low back soreness or a low back tightness, I'm not going to give you 20 stretches that may or may not help. I'm going to give you some streamlined sniper style exercises that are going to get to the main muscle groups that are the most tight on my patients that I see. And I'm going to give you a few minutes to work through those, a few minutes to get stronger and bang, bang, we're done. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and that's exactly the way that it works is you just, you really feel like you become a biomechanics ninja just by watching this, where you you go into the library and you're like, oh, I hurt somewhere. And then 20 minutes later, you're talking about your hip flexors and, you know, reverse flexion. And you're like, oh, my God, I know everything about the body suddenly. Um, but what <laughs> what I really want to impress upon people again, and you kind of alluded to this a bit, um, but There's a lot of individual exercises in here that are no more than 30 to 45 to 60 seconds. Some of them are strengthening. Some are actual stretches. Some of them are mobility exercises. But even then, if you were to open up a library and it has 50 individual videos, the response everybody's going to have is, "Yeah, okay, I have no idea what to do. Like, this this is too overwhelming. So not only have you created this nice information funnel, but what you also did, and this was the part that I didn't even – catch on to it first and you had to keep explaining to me until the light bulb went (laughs) off. I'm like, oh, that's brilliant, is, we just recorded all of these individual exercises, but then we rearranged the order of them in like 25 different combinations based on the style of pain that you have. So there are over a hundred different video, either routines or individual exercises, but it's they're designed based on the pain that you have, whether it's both sides of the body, one side of the body, you might be doing foam rolling, but you might be doing in a different order in a different time based on your pain. And that was, exactly. and that was the next level for me.
1: That's the kicker. And that comes from my clinical experience. I'll have, like I said, I work with the large athlete base. So a lot of my patients that walk in, and, and you did too as well, Zach, you know what a foam roller is. You've probably dabbled with it a little bit. I've rolled out my glutes. I've rolled out my IT band. I hear that a lot coming into my office, but they're still coming into my office with stiffness, soreness, pain. So they're not hitting the mark. And what I have found that is helpful for my patients is maybe you need to roll your hip flexor, so the front of your upper leg, on one side, but you don't need to roll it on the other side. You actually need to be rolling your glute or your butt on the other side. And so this library makes that more specific. It's not just, oh, low back pain, roll out your hamstrings, your quads, and your glutes. No, it's you have low back pain on the left side that kind of goes down your leg Here's where you put the ball to to release that muscle. Here's where you roll out. And then these are the exercises that you do to get stronger.
0: Yeah, and then that's the coolest thing about it is that the investment in any kind of technology is almost nothing. Between the foam roller and lacrosse balls, which you can either keep in your pocket. I don't really recommend you do it because you'll get funny looks. <laughs> like I have a little wooden bowl of lacrosse balls that I keep right on my desk for either doing forearm work, hand work, or... I mean, some of the stuff that you do with the lacrosse ball in these videos, I remember... Thinking, oh, yeah, we're going to put these videos together. And, you know, I, I already know a fair amount about biomechanics and mobility work. And then we started shooting these. And I remember my jaw dropping. And I'm like, yeah. that's awesome. Like, <laughs> I had no idea you could do that. But it's such simple stuff. All of which, and I remember this is criteria that we talked about where I said, if somebody can't do this at work in front of a workstation in five minutes, I'm not going to bother shooting it. Like, it has yeah. to fit in that criteria. And you're like, that's great because everything mm-hmm. fits that.
1: Mm-hmm. And I remember watching you sometimes See me do something, you know, being back on the other side of the camera and then slowly creep over to the corner and try to do the exercise yourself. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I mean, this stuff was just so good. And that's the response that I've gotten from the members that are in the course and that are using the library so far is they're just shocked at how easy this stuff is, but how effective it is. We're under the assumption that if we want dramatic results, it's going to require a dramatic investment of both time and money, buying expensive equipment and doing really long, drawn-out routines. And it really is kind of the magic button.
1: (laughs) The body's kind of like a puzzle. You know, if you find the little pieces that need to be put in the right places, you give the body what it needs, then it just really unfolds. It really becomes something different. And, And actually, our bodies are these really great machines, and they're very efficient. And sometimes we just need for lack of a better analogy, a little oil here and a little bit of a screw tightening there, and it really runs much much better.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing that really works in here is, like you said, I was somebody that came in that I had done lots of foam rolling and just general work, especially when you do the um, the P90X programs, and especially P90X2. And everybody knows that I'm a total fanboy of Tony Horton, and there's a bit of <laughs> bit of man love going on there. Um, but in P90X2, part of the routine every single day, it's a 60 minute routine, but there's like 15 minutes of foam rolling and it's great, but it's very general. It's the, it's the gigantic muscle groups. It's doing the, the traps muscles or it's doing the quads or maybe the IT bands, but it's not really super specific. And millions of people are doing the exact same routine. So I came in thinking, oh yeah, no, I, I know something about foam rolling. Sure. And then I was like, whoa, this is like the surgical approach. I was approaching this whole process with a giant ax and you're like, no, no, here's a scalpel. And it's amazing how a of how efficient that process can be.
1: Yeah, and that comes from that clinical background, my education, my years in practice, my athletic background, you know, everything kind of rolled into one. And I do think that it was, you know, a a fate that we found one another because you had mentioned earlier, I had said, oh, I want to make this library. It was on a to-do list that I had on my computer. Find someone to help with library, you know, and and I had all of this in my head. So when we designed this library, we had all of this information, it was just taken straight out of my clinical practice because this is the stuff that we use most often in our day-to-day practice. So the things that we see the most often, the exercises that we prescribe the most often, and it just made sense to put it in a format where we could share it with more people than just those that are fortunate enough to be able to walk right in through our doors.
0: Well, one of the things that I really wanna hit a little bit further, and I know you touched on it, but this is a giant revelation for me, is this idea that it's not just about about finding the pain points and treating them it's also about strengthening certain parts of the body so when we're talking about this whole ninja approach in the scalpel it's not just oh here's the pain and I need to massage it with a lacrosse ball it's there might be a point like 12 inches further away in your body or on the other side of your body where you're like we're going to strengthen this so this pain doesn't continue that to me was the game changer
1: oh absolutely and that's based off of long, long, long time knowledge of yoga, of different body movements of Eastern medicine. And we you know as chiropractors, we took the knowledge of, Hey, the body works really well if you just give it what it needs. And one of those things that the body needs is stability and strength. So for example, if somebody has a lower back issue, let's say you have a low back pain on, on both sides, right above the glutes, right at your waist. And as a chiropractor, I teach you how to stretch out the muscles that are pulling you into a strange position and causing stress. If I don't teach you how to strengthen up your core muscles and how to strengthen up your glutes, then the likelihood that your body's going to stay in that correct position is much, much less. And I think you had said earlier with your chiropractic experiences in the past, you know, it's it's crack here, stretch here, you'll have to see me again in two weeks. You know, if you're not getting that strengthening portion, then it's true. Your body's going to bounce right back into that kind of twisted area because there's nothing stopping it from going back into that incorrect position. There's no stability, there's no strength that's holding you in that aligned, strong posture. So when we progress somebody through a course of care in our office the very first thing that we have to do we call it unwinding somebody so we get them out of that twisted position so maybe one hip is higher up than the other one shoulder is rolled in maybe both shoulders are rolled in and the chin's poking out and we we do the stretching we do the lacrosse ball we do the foam roller so that they become even right to left if i kicked you out of my office then and i said bye bye we're done the things that you do in your day-to-day life, because we all do them, it's called this industrialized nation that we live in. We sit in a car, we sit at a desk, we walk on hard cement, we wear the wrong shoes, not just ladies with our sexy heels, but men with unsupportive shoes. We end up putting too much stress on the body. And so we need some strength to kind of balance that out. Our lives are these big, huge balance scales. If you have too much stress, then you're going to end up moving away from wellness and towards sickness. So one of the ways that we can kind of tip those scales, and I talk about this in in an introductory to the library, is to give ourselves a fighting chance by adding strength to the body. And in the library, I'm talking mainly about musculoskeletal strength, so good core, good glutes, good upper back strength. But there's also chemical strength, nutrition, getting rest, and emotional strength, making sure that we're giving our body some time to decompress positive thoughts giving ourselves good mantras, but you know, everything that the body needs are these strengths. And so we hit that in our office as well.
0: Well, and what I can tell you, the, the greatest drawback of all of this to you is that you have for the most part lost a client because I don't really need <laughs> to go in anymore because I'll just say, man, you know, I'm a little tight here. This is kind of weird. Oh, I'll just go to the library and I'll take 10 <laughs> minutes. Like, oh yeah, no, I'm much better. I don't need to go see them. So I still, I'll still go down the street because, you know, I'm just like a, a total glutton for a massage. So yeah. I love doing deep tissue body work and it's not like the the touchy-feely Swedish massage with the candles. It's like screaming and tears oh, in my eyes. Like like hear
1: you to the wall. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: exactly. So that's, that's the, the kind of stuff that I'll do to kind of work on all the kinks from all the the training that I'm doing. But I don't really have to go in for adjustments because I wasn't, like you said, I wasn't going through that that treadmill assembly line. It was a matter of rather than, it's kind of the the same approach. Like if you're looking at it the way that uh, the medical system works nowadays, and that's a whole different rabbit hole we don't have time to go down. But (laughs) they're not trying to fix the source of the sickness. They're saying, how do I cover it up with a pill or a prescription? And they're medical doctors. They're doctors of medicine. So that's their job. They're not holistic wellness professionals practitioners, but I feel like chiropractic has gotten a bad name because there are a lot of people that treat chiropractic with the exact same philosophy saying, well, yeah, I see that you have lower back pain and whatever. And I I know what's going to happen. I'm going to crack you here and I'm going to stretch you here and you're going to walk out and you're going to feel like a million bucks, but you're not going to change any of your habits. You're going to sit the same way. You're going to behave the same way. And I'll see you again in two weeks. And that is a terrific business model.
1: Oh, uh, well, you know, and in, in just a brief glancing over medical doctors versus chiropractors is our training is completely different in the sense that as a chiropractor, I believe the body's pretty cool. I believe that it does what it's supposed to do if we give it the materials and medical doctors come at it as we're doomed. There's something wrong. we're missing a medication, we're missing an enzyme, we're missing something. We need to put a drug in there to give the body what it needs. And so if you come at it like that, then you you are dependent on the system because you don't believe that your body can do it on its own. And with chiropractic, we believe the body can as long as we give it what it needs. And it, you know, in your case and in a lot of my patients' case, it needed to stop being so darn stressed out and it needed to be strengthened. And my goal with my patients is that they don't need to see me every two weeks. I mean, I I live an active lifestyle. I personally get adjusted every three weeks because as Zach and I were talking about earlier, I own more than one business. I am a CrossFit athlete. I'm Olympic weightlifter. I put a lot of stress on my body. So my stress levels get tipped and adjustment brings that stress back down. And some people don't need that very often. They're able to manage their stressors on their own. Um, And some people, they might have a chronic short leg, they might have a chronic disease, and they'll need an adjustment more often because their stress levels are higher. So everybody's different. And we try to give you the tools that fits your body, your lifestyle, your needs.
0: Well, speaking of the word stress, um, the last place that I want to go, this is one of the most common questions that I get that I'm unable to answer, and I'm very candid that when somebody asks me something and I don't know the answer, my response is, I don't know. And I am asked all the time about repetitive stress injuries. I see this question come up in Facebook groups all the time from completely unqualified people answering them that are just other people that are like, oh, I read this on a blog or I saw that or blah, 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 blah. (laughs) Let's dig into this idea of repetitive stress injuries. And for those that don't know, and you can kind of go into this Further, but kind of the, the layman's version of it is, well, I have my arm in one position all day and I'm clicking my mouse over and over and over. Or I'm reaching over to this lever all day long. Whatever it is, just this repetitive stress creating damage to your body. So can you go a little bit further into what a repetitive stress injury actually is, how it forms, and then what you can do about it?
1: Absolutely. Repetitive stress injuries are, I would actually say, more than the majority of my practice. I would say upwards to 75 of my practice. There's two reasons that people have a huge shock to their musculoskeletal system. It's either a macro trauma or a micro trauma. Now, a macro trauma are the big ones, a sports injury, a car accident, a fall down the stairs holding a tripod for 10 minutes, you know, whatever it might be. <laughs> but the other side of it is a micro trauma. So something small and you use the example of clicking a mouse all the time um, with my runners. It's coming down hard on one knee again and again and again um, with my CrossFit athletes that might be doing a press overhead a lot and they use one arm stronger than the other or somebody that you know, gets in and out of a chair the wrong way again and again and again. Um, How many times a day do we go from sit to stand? And if you're not doing that correctly, and by the way, that's what a squat truly is, a sit to stand, then you're going to end up with a microtrauma or a synonym for that is a repetitive stress injury. Now, in the body, think of that not as something being completely smashed into a million pieces. That's a, a, like I said, a, a macro trauma. But the analogy that I like to think of is taking a wire hanger and bending it a hundred times up and down. That's a very small movement. But if I do that up and down, up and down a hundred times, the hanger is going to break. If you do the same thing to your body, if you hinge your lower back incorrectly by getting out of that chair, up and down, up and down a hundred times, in that one spot, the low back's gonna break. So it's a a mass sum of a very bad habit again and again and again. Now, with my people that sit at a computer all day long and you're clicking, 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 you have to continue to do that, right? That's your job. You're clicking, 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 clicking. Well, when you're doing a repetitive stress injury, and I'm gonna use the mouse as an example because it's very realistic you are essentially strengthening one very specific part of your forearm every single minute of the day. And I can't have you stop doing that because that's your job. That's your livelihood. That's your living. But I can explain to you, Hey, look at this muscle. Look how overused this muscle is to fix this. We need to remove the stress from that muscle whether that's through stretching, whether that's through self-massage, getting a professional massage, having a chiropractic adjustment to the elbow, the wrist, the hand to bring that stress down. And then we need to strengthen the opposing or opposite muscle group. So if you're clicking, 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 then I need to work on the muscle on the other side of the forearm. And this always blows Zach's mind every single time. He'll say, I have pain here. And I'll point to the opposite side of the body and I'll say, it's because you're weak here. (laughs) and then I give exercises to strengthen up that opposite side of the body. So my patients learn to kind of look at the opposite side when something's uncomfortable. But think of the the wire hanger. We go back to that stress in one area over and over and over again. If you're not using that area correctly, that's going to end up popping, cracking, breaking. So we have to just to basically disperse that stress equally throughout the body and bring that strength level up so that it doesn't really irritate the body as much. Is that a pretty easy way to make sense of it, RSI?
0: Yes, I think that the, the hanger analogy is fantastic. I'm totally gonna steal that for the rest of my life and use it like I designed it myself and I'm an expert. Um, I did use
1: it myself, I stole that from somebody no, else. The, the no, hang, <laughs> the
0: hanger is the perfect analogy. And what I will tell people just from a layman's perspective, not knowing as, nearly as much about biomechanics as you do, but I've learned enough to know that it really doesn't matter what your posture is, what your position is, it, There, could, you could have the best ergonomic mouse on the planet. But if you're doing the same action all day long in the best position on the planet, you're going to develop all the same issues. So my advice is always just switch up your environment so you're not doing the same activities all day long. And if we're talking about the mouse, you can get a vertical mouse, you can get a horizontal mouse, you can get a trackball, you can get a keyboard mouse. Like There's so many different things you can get, but if you only have one tool, you still still have to perform the same action. So like you were saying, if you're clicking with your index finger over and over, if you're gonna go ahead and get a different type of mouse, that's say a trackball, and now you're spinning the trackball with your middle finger over and over, the problem is just gonna migrate. You're just moving it. It's like basically you have this giant pile of garbage in the middle of your kitchen floor. You're not taking the garbage out of the house. You're just taking a broom and putting it in one corner of the room, then you're sweeping it under the oven for a while, then it goes behind the fridge. The garbage isn't gone.
1: Yeah. Yep. And the garbage is the stressor. You know, if we get too much of a stressor and we don't just take a little piece of garbage and get it out of there every once in a while, then that, that, piles up. And that's where our trauma comes from.
0: Exactly. And that's one of the reasons that I have the lacrosse ball sitting on my desk. So I can always be doing these different exercises. Like you show the wrist extensor strengthening exercise, which is just using a rubber band to do the opposite of what a hand gripper would do, where you're actually <laughs> yes. doing the opposite exercises. And that was one of those jaw dropping moments where I started doing it. And I'm like, oh my God, I can already feel my pain going away. It was that you simple. You took
1: the rubber band right out of my hand and did it right then and there. And you were so impressed with that one. I will never forget that. <laughs> yeah,
0: and now that's that's part of my toolkit. I take it everywhere that I go. Where like right now I'm looking at my desk at home and I have a couple of those kind of gooey, squishy stress balls. I mm-hmm. have lacrosse balls, which are very, very hard. They're, but for anybody that doesn't know, they're about the size of a tennis ball, but they're much harder. So it's like, just imagine the equivalent of somebody digging their elbow into during a massage, that's a lacrosse ball. But then I have a a whole set of rubber bands that have different levels of tension with different colors. So that's one of my habits that I've developed is when I'm watching footage, if I'm watching a video, whatever it is, I'm doing that wrist extensor strengthening, and I have not experienced any pain in my forearms or my elbows or my wrists for months. And I was one of those people that I got to the point where I was seeing, I don't even know the name of the the type of doctor, but somebody Specializes in the hands and the wrists. And I was told that I had cysts in my right wrist and I needed surgery. They said the only way we can solve this problem was with surgery. And I said, there's got to be a better way. Like, there, I I didn't injure it. It's not like somebody took a sledgehammer and hit my wrist. Like, I know this is from some type of repetitive stress. I just didn't know enough about how to reverse it. But as I started to reshape my environment, change the tools that I was using, I have zero pain. I was at the point where I couldn't even do a single pushup because I couldn't put any weight on my right hand and I couldn't even put it in pushup position with any weight on it. And now I can bust out 100 pushups and I don't feel anything in my wrist just because I know where those specific buttons are that need to be pushed to reverse these effects.
1: Decrease that stress and increase that strength. You just gotta make it specific to the body area, just like we do in that video library. Yeah.
0: Exactly, so we this has basically just been a 45 minute long giant infomercial about the <laughs> Move Yourself Activity Video Vault, but I really wanted to have a resource that I could send people to, because everybody just assumes the activity videos are no different than any other seven minute or 10 minute workout where you just do this or that in front of your desk and you're more active and it's so completely different. It's so much more scientific. So I just wanted this one-stop shop where people are like, oh, now I get it. Now I see how this is so different and so useful. So that having been said, as always, whether via Skype that works when it chooses to or in person <laughs> in uh, you know my back office shooting a bunch of videos, it is always a pleasure to chat with you.
1: Absolutely. We've had some good time. And I can only see many, many more to come as we bring education, information to so many people out there that really, really just need it.
0: Absolutely. And before I let you go, I want to make sure that people know where to find you because you've just created this brand new, handy dandy, awesome website. So where can people go <laughs> to learn more about you and see your new cool website?
1: Well, my office is located at Woodland Hills, California. Woodland Hills is in uh, the Los Angeles area. And we are called Health and Human Performance. So, to find me online, the best way to find us is hhpcairo.com. HHP is for Health and Human Performance, Cairo is short for Chiropractic. Dot com, Great website, looks great. We are so excited to launch that one.
0: Yes, as you should be. And for anybody that's listening that did not come through my podcast or my website to have a crack at the Move Yourself activity video vault, you can uh, just visit optimizeyourself.me and you'll get everything you need there to get started. So it has been an absolute pleasure. So thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Absolutely. Anytime you need me, I am here.
0: To sign up, just visit optimizeyourself.me slash newsletter, and I will see you in your inbox. Thank you so much for investing both your time and energy listening to today's show.